Stand by for a brand new episode of All Things Good and Nerdy. Good morning, everyone, and welcome to episode 485 of the All Things Good and Nerdy podcast. This is recorded live on Sunday, May 8th, 2022. You better say Happy Mother's Day to your mothers out there, everyone. Assuming you're, of course, on a speaking base with your mothers. If you're not, I apologize for bringing it up because maybe that was a point I shouldn't have. But hey, sorry. Uh, I'm Chris. Joining me today. We don't know where Mr. Uh, Willie D. Nelson is yet. We assume he's lost somewhere between Tulsa and North Carolina. But we do have Mr. Anthony Bachman. I prefer uh, referring to her like the title of that movie. Mother! So a video called Mother? Well, or that was the code name for point. Earthbound. Wasn't, and what it translated to in Japanese, wasn't it? Was Mother? Oh, that sounds about right. Yeah. This is why we need Willie here. I don't remember all of my useless video game trivia. I need <laughs> Willie here to confirm whether I'm right or not. Ha Now, we do assume Willie will be here at some point. Uh, we do know he's been traveling, and prior to that, he's been feeling under the weather a little bit. So it's entirely possible he may be inadvertently taking a recovery day today just after a week of adventures <laughs> to be like, no, nah, I'm good. I'm just going to sleep. And he, he might wake up and join us. He may or may not. You can place your bets right now as to whether Willie is going to join us. He may be laying in a large bed covered in hairfoot halflings. It is true. He was at a Tolkien convention. Mm-hmm. He might have brought a bunch of hobbits home. I wouldn't put it past him. I mean, it's possible. I think I just got a text message that popped up. Uh, Willie says he's here. <laughs> see, you mentioned hairfoot halflings, and he comes a-running. Well, let's see if we can get him on this call. <laughs> Willie will hop on when he becomes available, I'm sure. But it's like we talk about him, and we talk about his conventioning activities and he mysterious you mentioned the devil and he arrives i'm not sure that willie's the devil mm, i'm not sure he's not <laughs> what what evidence do you have to the contrary i mean normally you have to prove that someone is something not disprove that they're something no 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 after i just watched outsider last night we watched all of outsider yesterday all 10 hours of it and it reminded me of the what is it the uh, Sherlock Holmes, uh, Sir Arthur Conan Doyle. Once you eliminate the impossible, whatever remains, however improbable, is the truth. Hmm. I see no proof that Willie's not the devil. That's all I'm saying. I've never seen the devil and Willie together in the same in the room at the same time. So, have you seen the devil? Maybe. <laughs> that's not an answer. That's that's an artful <laughs> dodge right there. <laughs> I'm an artful dodger. Thank you very much. Hmm. Oh, jeez. Spoiler free, but have you seen The Doctor? The we went doctor, and saw it Friday after work because the one theater we wanted to go to was the AMC theater that has the reclining seats. And it was sold out, basically, all the showings from like 5 p.m. on. Oh, and I was like, damn. And then we looked at the other theater in town, which is just traditional stadium seats. And their 515 showing was on one of the biggest screens. And it was maybe a third sold. And that theater, when we got in there, was maybe half full. So everyone's obviously going to the nicer theater in town. But we yeah, did, in enough. fact see the doctor we did get a preview for thor beforehand which i quite enjoyed seeing on the big screen and i will say this without getting into the movie is i don't understand why people are ripping on this movie like oh my god it only it only got a b plus on the cinema score scale it's the second lowest rated marvel movie i'm like it's not a bad movie you people just want everything to be avengers now it seems like where everything has to tie together yeah whereas doctor strange is well, Wanda is in it, and there are connections to WandaVision. It's not exactly 
connected into the rest of the greater universe. You don't have to see Doctor Strange, I don't think, to know the other stuff that's going to go on in the MCU. It's a lot of fun. It's a very Raimi-esque movie. And I had a, yeah, it is. I had a blast watching it. People just like to complain. I'll be honest. I've, I've, I've been kind of sad listening to a lot of my movie podcasts and they're fucking dragging on it. I'm like, it's a fucking good comic book movie. Like the problem with a bunch of these like 20 year old movie critics. One is that they're critics because they don't enjoy films. I don't, I don't know why it is that like to become a film reviewer for a website, you become a movie critic. Shouldn't you be a movie reviewer? Shouldn't you be a movie enjoyer? Because it seems like yeah. the majority of all these people do is just nitpick shit and find things they don't like. Where like Mark Bernardin is like famous for finding like stuff that he hates, even in like really good films. But he always nails down the stuff he likes. He always talks about you know if the cinematography or the score was killed or if it was a good script. Like he always picks out the good stuff too. And so many of these podcasts I'm listening to is like, oh, I didn't like this about Doctor Strange. I didn't like this about it. It's like. Well, fucking, how about you start with what the shit you like? And if all you're going to do is complain about something, stop. Like, that shouldn't be a job. Like, I think there's some things people can legitimately criticize on that I think are good points. And I can't talk about one of those because it's a big spoiler. But I will say one of my criticisms of the movie is, like, Danny Elfman, he's God tier when it comes to doing, like, movie soundtracks and stuff like that. But I missed the old Doctor Strange theme that Michael Giacano, I always screw up his last name, had done in the Doctor Strange movie that they carried over into Spider-Man No Way Home, that they carried over into Infinity War and stuff like that, where it was like the mandolin and stuff that plays and the harpsichord stuff when Doctor Strange came on screen. Yeah. Because that's what we got to know Doctor Strange for. And we got little hints of it in Multiverse of Madness, but not a lot of it. So, and I guess maybe I'm sort of taking a shot. It felt kind of generic, the score for the movie this time around. And that's, maybe it's just because I liked jacchino's previous work so much more or so much that it makes it that this seems like it pales in comparison i, I don't know I, that's my main criticism is i just didn't care for the score yeah, fair enough i mean i did like the the little bit of a score that we got from something else yes which we can't talk about because woo, i was giggling like a schoolgirl in the theater by my, my my lady was like she kept looking at me like my head was gonna explode She's like, are you really, you're freaking out this much? I'm like, yes, yes, I am. This is insane. <laughs> there were all sorts of cool little references that had me going, ooh, and my wife would look over and be like, what the hell is he on about now? And I'd be like, oh, I'll explain after the movie. I don't want to talk to her yep. yeah, Yeah, there was, oh, some of the stuff they snuck in there. So, but, I mean, yeah, I like the Elfman. I mean, so, the Elfman's so always quick, good. Willie has joined us, and just for some background, Willie, we're talking spoiler-free about Doctor Strange in the Multiverse of Madness. And for those that are watching the show or listening, remember the first week the movie's out, we don't talk spoilers on it. So yeah, any which conversation, is very hard on this film. <laughs> yes, any conversation about Doctor Strange and the Multiverse of Madness today will be spoiler free. Willie, can you hear me? And did you see Doctor? Yes, and yes, I was going to do a joke, but then I'll be like, well, if I do that, then then may say, well, no, that's not really a thing in the movie. Then they'll know that's not a thing in the movie, and that's like kind of a spoiler of itself. That would be a spoiler. That's a spoiler. Yeah, yeah. It was, it was good stuff though, because like I I like that they they subverted expectations from some of the stuff we saw in the trailer. So like you know the movie wasn't quite what I thought it was going to be, which is always good. And yeah, there was some Sam Raimi ass shots in this movie. There was some very Sam Raimi chunks in this film. That was like, oh, that that feels a little like you know straight up 
Ash versus the Evil Dead shit. Like, this was, you know, some classic Sam Raimi where I love the Spider-Man films, but there are very few parts of those movies that really feel like Sam Raimi. They just felt yeah. like, you know, the Spider-Man movies. Like, they kind of were their own thing. Like, the, there's some straight up, like, Sam Raimi shots in this. It's like, yes. oh, Sam Raimi directed this motherfucking movie. This is the, that, clo- yeah, this is the closest uh, we're going to get to a horror movie in the MCU is what we got here today. Probably. Yeah. Yeah. Did you guys also get the uh, trailer for The Way of Water on your viewing of Doctor Strange? Yeah, Avatar 2. Oh, yeah. I promptly rolled my eyes and went, don't care about this. Yeah, Avatar 2, let's go swimming. Yeah. (laughs) It just seems like a beach vacation movie. I don't don't know what what everybody's mad about. I honestly, (laughs) they missed the boat on this. The people that were really big Avatar fans as kids are now grown-ups. So I guess maybe the thought is they'll take their kids to go see it. Well, first, they're going to take their kids to go see Avatar when it re-releases in the theater, which will then get Avatar to be the first movie ever in the $3 billion club. I mean, but here's the thing. like, They don't have 3D screens, but for very few places. And Avatar was actually a cool demo IMAX. of 3D. All the IMAX screens okay. will play when they re-release Avatar, which was filmed in IMAX. It will be re-shown in IMAX 3D. And I... Like they said, I was—I think it was the slash film guys were saying that it was re-released last year finally in China, and it made like something like three hundred million dollars for a re-release. You know, nine years after the movie came out, they're gonna put it back in theaters again to get everybody to watch Avatar one again before Avatar two comes out, and it's something silly like it's like a hundred and fifty million short of the three billion dollar club. So it's going to be the very first movie to make three billion dollars. And then we're going to get, you know, blue cats and water, which I thought cats didn't like water, but apparently James Cameron knows better. So we'll see. I, I will watch it if it, when it comes to a streaming service at some point in time, I'm, I'm pretty selective about what I go to the theaters to see right now, mostly because I live in a state where nobody wants to wear a mask at all anymore yeah. because of they're just like, Oh, it's over. I'm like, it's not, it's not. Yeah, the entire trip across the Bible Belt. That's truth. All 20 hours of the trip. <laughs> and we'll, we'll ask you about that when we get towards the end of the show for the one yeah, yeah. to hear about uh, that. But Are we still talking about Doctor Strange? Yeah, let, let's let's circle back around to Doctor Strange. Spoiler did you guys, still. did you guys, would you, what, what, you remember the, the thing I mentioned the other day? The number thing? Was that a spoiler? I don't think it's a spoiler. There's no plot. Oh discrepancy it's also a problem from a previous movie too i yeah, would no. not deem it a spo- i mean it's minor spoiler at best it's not even it's, does it do anything to the plot no hey surprise dr strange is a multitude there's a multiverse of madness <laughs> spoiler yeah let's but put it yeah. this way they do put the number on the mcu multiverse now yeah, yeah, they started. Yeah. yeah, they actually started laying down. Yeah, assigned numbers for different um, universes in the multiverse of madness. Yeah, and I have a problem with it. It was yeah, it, it was all right when Mysterio said it because it turns out Mysterio was just full of shit. Well, that's what was kind of what was great about it was that he was lying about being a hero from another dimension. <laughs> yeah, and it said, "Oh yeah, this is Earth six one six. No, like Mysterio, what the fuck are you talking about? That's the comic universe. It's not the MCU. The MCU has fucking designation. Does this stuff not the comics? Yep, it's different. Yeah, 
I guess this further cements the fact that when you talk Marvel now, it's a uh, movie making company, not a comic book company. Because no, where they Disney make is a movie making company that owns Marvel Studios. Marvel Comics still makes Marvel Comics. Okay. Marvel I, Studios I, is a different company. I say this not to be contrary, <laughs> but more because this is how it's expressed to me. Is when we went when I went to C two E two with my buddy who's a vendor and got to go to the vendor showcases beforehand. And this is decade plus ago, before the MCU was as big as it is now. The guy that was there for Marvel was basically kicked his feet up on the table and goes, Look, the thing you guys gotta realize is we make all our money off of movies right now. This is just oh, a drop in the bucket. Yeah. So like just kind of didn't give two shits about the comics they were talking about other than the basics because he said, look, you've got to understand everything drives towards the movies right now. But the problem yeah. is you don't have the movies without the Exactly. Comics. You're 100% percent You also, right. you do not have the box office for those movies if you do not have comics fans. Yes and no. I think at this point in time, if they start doing their own wholly original stuff with these guys that wasn't rooted in any comic lore, people would still be going to go see it. I'll bet you it wouldn't be as good. Maybe. I mean, you know, Ron Lim, George Perez, and a couple other guys did the Infinity Gauntlet, and we got basically 23 movies out of that. That's true. <laughs> All I know is in Moon Knight Season 2, he better be going seeing Dracula, asking that bitch where his money is. <laughs> well, bitch, where my money? At this I point know. in time, there is no Season 2. Although, interesting point. Marvel did delete all of their tweets and social media stuff where they had talked about the series finale of series Moon Knight finale. and changed yep. it to season finale when they reposted so, everything. Oh, yeah, that tells me they're why even set up for a seat. God damn it! Why? Well, that means that they're in negotiations with Oscar Isaac, but he hasn't signed anything yet because he is not under con. He has said publicly he is not under contract to do any Moon Knight, any movies, nothing. He is not under contract. So they wanted to see how this one was going to go. And let's be honest, it's a character with split personality. It's his character has dis dissociative identity disorder. They didn't know if Moon Knight was going to hit or be a giant flop. I'll bet you a couple people at Marvel Studios were like, this might be in humans. We don't know. Yeah. And Loki <laughs> turned out to be a masturbatory story. Well, that's fitting for Loki. <laughs> I know. But still. Well, and. Wanda and Scarlet Witch was insane television with an amazing concept that was basically a really solid story about grief. Not everybody wants to watch that. I loved it, but I could see why some people may not. So yeah, I think Moon Knight right. they thought was a risk, and so they with Oscar Isaac also, remember he said three Star Wars movies in Dune. This dude is not a cheap get. And like, X-Men Apocalypse. Ouch. That's hitting below the belt. No, okay, so I, I bring that up for a reason, though, is I imagine part of his hesitance to sign on for something more than just yeah. the original series is he did Star Wars, and I don't think Star Wars challenged him when it came to the acting that needed to be done. And I'm not saying that to take a shot at the sequel trilogy like I normally do, but the character of Poe Dameron there, it's pretty straightforward. Look at the kind of shit Oscar Isaac got to do in Moon Knight. Yeah. And he was doing some insane stuff. Like yeah. acting against himself, portraying multiple personalities, and the dude was knocking out of the park. I imagine from an acting perspective, that's fairly rewarding to get to do something so different, so out there, and to stretch yourself like that. I don't think that Star Wars did that for him, and I imagine that, I mean, they were originally were going to kill him in the first one and didn't, and then decide mm -hmm. to let him live. And then let's be honest, you take Oscar Isaac, who is, by all accounts, a rather attractive dude, 
who can emote very well, has very expressive eyes and facial features, and they slap him under 20 pounds of makeup and prosthetics to play Apocalypse in an X-Men movie. Yeah, oh, show up yeah at, at this point in time, if you're Oscar <laughs> Isaac, the fact they talked him into doing a movie like this surprised, well, not a movie, a show like this surprised yeah. me. And a the, series. The dude killed it. He was fantastic. Oh, hell yeah. I mean, I mean everyone Mark was and Steven cast. are both amazing. Yeah, the, the whole cast of the show is actually awesome. And I love what Ethan Hawke did. Like, he, he's a straight up, like, I mean, not Magneto level, but like Magneto type villain. Like, he doesn't see himself as the bad guy. He is the good guy trying to fix something that he figured out dealing with, like, in Kansu. Like, yeah, Ethan Hawke's character definitely thinks he's the good guy. Right. And that's the best villain. I would love to see more stories told about Moon Knight and their characters. And if you watch the post credit scene, you can obviously see they set things up to continue the story if they wanted to. And if everyone yeah. associated with it wanted to, but they could very easily just be like, nope, we're going to, they could also we're gonna stop very now. easily replace Oscar Isaac and have a different actor play Mark Spector. That's some big shoes to walk into well, right now. They probably wouldn't be as yeah. good, but they could do it. Yeah. But they can also use characters from that universe now too. You could take, um, yeah. Oh my God. Why am I forgetting his wife's name all of a sudden? Um, oh, Lydia. The actress was Mae Calloway, Calloway or something like that. What was, uh, what was, uh, Mark's wife's name. Why am I forgetting? Oh, yeah, they didn't divorce at the time. That's yeah, right. Lydia. Was right? that it? I can't remember. I thought it was Lydia. Yeah, she's because uh, I hadn't actually read the book where her character is referenced, but apparently it's called the Scarlet Scarab. Mm-hmm. And yeah, I, I did love I, I I think it was someone on Slash Film. They're like, yeah, and uh, hey, Wonder Woman 1984, this is how you do metal wings. Like a Layla. moon night. Layla. Thank you. Okay. Oh, Thank you. Layla, Dean. Lydia. Close. Yeah, that, that song's close. about uh, uh, George yeah, Harrison's up. wife, you know, because <laughs> Eric Clapton really wanted to be with her. Apparently. But uh, yeah. But yeah, I mean, gold wings in action poses like this, this, you know, Disney plus Marvel series did a better female battle armor than the Wonder Woman movie that had basically an unlimited budget. Like, how weird is that? Yeah, it's pretty weird. <laughs> the Scarlet Scarab looked fantastic. All her action shots were great. That outfit was fucking cool. She moved well. The way, like, she did, like, the, you know, Sam Wilson blocking bullets with the wing shit was cool. Like, hell, all the, all the action pieces in the series finale, or season finale, were great. Like, all the action shots were awesome. Like they did some really cool things where you basically had three fights going on at the same time and flashing back and forth between them was just fantastic. I, I love it. It was really well done. And it continued what Marvel has shown with their Disney plus properties of whether you like them or not, you have to admit that they are highly produced and well done. They are not like a step down from the movies when it comes to your visual effects and the kind of storytelling they're trying to do. They're yep. on par with what they have presented in the movies. Well, I think when you get scenes like, because people were talking about how it was kind of weird where at the beginning of the show, you'd get, you know, Steven freaking out into an instance, his eyes roll back in his head, and then they roll back, and he becomes aware again, and we don't see who was in charge of the body for the last 30, 60 seconds, and all of a sudden, everybody around him is on their ass, beat to shit. And so, you save Buddy in sequences like that, which is still a cool, effective storytelling technique for a character with split personalities, 
we stuck with one personality through basically the first six episodes. And so we were only aware of what Steven was aware of for most of the time. But saving money on that is what gives you your giant god fight in your finale. Because you get to you know blow out the rest of the budget with your CGI there. Two people running around in super suits and a huge fucking crocodile head. You know, you get to do some cool shit. I, I quite enjoyed it. I was really happy with it. It's been a good week of content because we had those two Damn Marvel right. things. And then if you've got a Paramount Plus subscription, I'm behind on Picard. But Star Trek Strange New Worlds started on Thursday and it's really good. And this is coming from someone who doesn't like most of what they've done with Star Trek on the streaming services lately. I've really enjoyed the first episode. And I'll, I'll touch on that more on what I'm into. But before we finish up the uh, Doctor Strange talk, two things I did want to bring up is uh, the Saudis banned it in Saudi Arabia and said, Marvel, if you remove this one 15-second clip, we'll put it back on there. And Marvel told him to pound sand, which I thought was kind of great. Fuck yeah. I mean, and also bear in mind, America Chavez is... Pretty sure she's lesbian in the comics and in the movie wears a pride flag on her lapel the whole time. So I'm sure that their censors didn't like that, too. Not only that, where's the new pride flag with the triangle? And I noticed on her leather or uh, Levi jeans jacket on. I think it's on the, the seam in between the buttons. It says Amor es Amor. Love is love. Mm-hmm. So they got that on the big screen in the, you know, in a giant fucking Marvel movie. Like, no, we're going to have, yeah, the daughter of a lesbian couple who, yeah, I don't know if she's lesbian or not in the comics, but I, I think that is she right. Was, but I could be wrong. So please, yeah. course, correct I, me I mean, if I am. Ambitious. I know her moms are, but yeah, they introduced her moms. And then, yeah, like the fact that like she's, you know, like one of the biggest characters for the LGBT community that's in comics. And yeah, and they made, and the girl that played her was awesome. America what Chavez if? is badass in this. What if everyone in that universe is a lesbian? <laughs> it is possible. <laughs> Take that. Well, it's a multiverse, and if you can think of it, the, it exists. So there, there's a full lesbian universe out there somewhere. But I mean, that one character. <laughs> Actually, I didn't even know that character was even going to be in the movie. And I think the other thing people need to calm mm. down a bit on, too, is there's been a lot of press that came out about an interview Raimi did where he's like, yeah, I didn't really watch much, or it might have been any, of WandaVision. And everyone's like, oh my god, how can he not do that? I was like, do you realize that the script writing and the pre-production for all this stuff was done before one division came out. It's just all of these things got delayed by the pandemic. Yeah. Yeah. It was a bunch of weird timelines. Yeah. There's yeah, more and, we can know, touch on in regards shit. to yeah. one division and how that connects to this, but we can't get to it without getting to spoilers. So we're going to wait until next week to talk about some of that. Yeah. I have some questions are like, well, what happened with that without saying what that is like, but then, okay, then which, okay, whatever. We'll get to it. I guess eventually if they ever do, I quite it's enjoyed it. territory. I quite enjoyed yeah. it. I'm very happy with where it goes. And if you go to see the movie, there is two post credit scene. One's at the mid and then one at the very end. Yep. So just and, uh, be aware. According to Deadline, it is doing fairly well. Coming in with an estimated $58.75 million on Saturday. 35% off from the pick's opening day of $90 million. Uh, many believe the sequel's opening will be between $190 to $194 million which will be, it will land it between the ninth to 11th biggest box office domestic opening of all time. I thought you were so, going to say it's getting a 58 on Rotten Tomatoes. That's <laughs> <I laughs> no. what you were saying. I was like, what? I haven't looked. But yeah, no, it, it did, a, it did what, 36 million on the Thursday night opening previews. So like it had a very solid opening preview Thursday night. So it's it's doing well. Let's see what yeah, when B I got plus back cinema score. My, when I got back from my trip, I was like, oh, yeah, this is coming out Friday. Oh, let me let me go look up tickets. 
And I was like, uh, see, there's one for Thursday, one for Friday. Uh, I thought I got one for Friday till Thursday morning rolled around. I was like, let me double check when my thing is. Oh, it was for today at three. Oh, well, that's a thing I did yesterday or two days ago. And I, <laughs> I mean, I thought I did it for Friday, not Thursday. So I was like, well, I guess I'm doing this today. Well, at least you figured it out before your movie ticket had expired. Oh, yeah. And here's a spoiler. I had a really weird guy beside me the entire time of the movie. I told you I was sorry. Yeah, no, no, that would have been a pleasant experience. <laughs> uh, no, no, this dude was just weird. Like, who's to my left? Which I guess is backwards. So I was looking this way the whole time. I was we're not looking. I was going like side. I was like, what are you doing? Because he would like rock back and forth very violently sometimes. He just but wanted the 4D that, experience. And not only that, it was like talking to himself. Like, like I get sometimes people for the things like, oh, yeah, yeah, they, they do. But uh, but no one else was, dude. Like, like I can understand if you come with like a group of your friends or something. That's just you. Like, that's a little weird. Like, like shh. Well, I'm glad we all got to see it. And hopefully folks that are watching now will get a chance to go see it. Uh, friendly reminder, next week we'll go full spoilers in our discussion of Doctor Strange. And there's a lot to talk about. Yes, and I imagine there's probably a Legends of S.H.I.E.L.D. podcast that'll be coming out soon-ish that talks about it, but I'm not 100% sure on that because I don't know their production calendar. Yeah, I cannot wait to say what I thought this movie could have done without. There's one big thing it could have done without. But no, they want to include jump scares. it. No, I'm just kidding. I love the jump no, scares. No, I was alright with that. <laughs> Spinning cameras. Willie doesn't like it when they spin. It was nothing to do with Sam Raimi's directing at all. My wife gets motion sick. This was a very same. My wife. My wife gets very motion sick at times. So she told me after she goes, there were a few different scenes where she had to close her eyes and look away from the screen because she knew if she kept watching. It would be bad. Mm. It would induce vertigo or something. One of my favorite things ever is when uh, we went to go see Gravity in 3D. And uh, it was for my birthday. And then uh, my ex-wife got sick at the very end. It had to go through. But it was funny as hell. <laughs> I love that that's one of your favorite things. <laughs> it was hilarious. <laughs> well, you know what else is one of Willie's favorite things? The news of the week. The news of the week. Uh, but Live from the ATGN studios on uh, the internet, it's the news of the week. Welcome to the News of the Week. It's that part of our show where we run down what's in our minds some of the most interesting geeky and or nerdy news to pop it up here in the last week or so and share it with you guys who are watching live or listening at a later date. And I'm going to go first with my news because it sounds like something that we talked about, oh, probably about a year ago, but now it might actually be happening again. I'm not exactly sure what else is going on here, but... We are familiar, and we've talked about on this show before, that Microsoft has put a lot of focus into their cloud-based gaming. They have their whole xCloud service they've built up so that you can stream a bunch of games to whatever device you want. In fact, this week, I think they announced that Fortnite hit xCloud so that anyone can play Fortnite for free streaming on the xCloud service, which I thought was kind of cool. And last year, there had been some theories that, hey, if Microsoft's going hard on this game streaming service... Maybe we'll start having it put on devices. Well, this looks to be finally coming to fruition. I'm on a story over at Polygon.com that you can find in our show notes. Go to the and click on click on the description of this if you're on YouTube or on the podcast. I'll have a link to our show notes where you can find the actual article itself. 
where they say, quote, Microsoft plans to release a streaming device that will let people play Xbox games without a console in the next 12 months. This comes from a report on VentureBeat. The device, which was compared to a Fire TV or Roku stick, will allow customers to access the Xbox Game Pass library via Xbox Cloud Gaming, along with streaming movie and TV platforms. VentureBeat also reports that Microsoft is working on a native app for Samsung smart TVs that would allow owners of these displays to also access xCloud gaming services without having to buy the aforementioned standalone streaming device. That app is also set to arrive within the next year. It would presumably work similarly to the app that NVIDIA's game streaming service called GeForce Now launched on LG TVs earlier this year. The app and streaming device are in line with Microsoft's long-running plans to increase access to Xbox gaming by removing barriers to entry, in particular the need to buy a gaming console that costs hundreds of dollars. And they also mentioned this article that they just announced with Epic Games they've teamed up to make Fortnite playable in browsers via Xbox Cloud Gaming. Why is that important? <laughs> well, if you're not familiar, iOS, it's problematic to play Fortnite right now because of their dispute between Epic and Apple for the... Uh, for purchase prices and cuts for things like that. So if you didn't already own a version of Fortnite, you can't download it. And I don't think side loading is really very easy or possible on Apple devices. So a lot of folks Not that have they're cracked. Yeah, a lot of folks have an iPhone or an iPad right now. If they didn't have Fortnite on there and wanted to play, it was problematic. Now it's a bit less problematic because XCloud game streaming works on iOS devices through the browser. So all you have to do is launch the browser and you can start playing Fortnite in addition to any of those other games that are part of the cloud streaming library, which I think is kind of cool. Now, remember, we did talk about this about a year ago as we thought it was going to happen, but Microsoft sort of seems to be talking about it a little bit themselves now. So maybe this is actually coming. I thought it was worth discussing since we talked about it a year ago and not much had progressed. Now we're at a point now where Microsoft is actually positioning themselves in a state where it seems like it's more likely and we're probably also getting away from as many pandemic supply chain issues as we had over the last year i don't know i still ain't seen a ps5 in the wild so who knows that's because they didn't pay for priority to get <laughs> chips that no joke that's what we found out microsoft yeah. is they paid more cash so they could get chips easier yes the uh, almighty dollar that's true yeah still seems to win the day most of the times I don't know. I mean, Xbox seems to be doing everything right while PlayStation's out here stopping people from uh, loading up their uh, PlayStation Plus subscription before the conversion. I saw that. Whereas so, the conversion yeah. still works for Game Pass with the standard Xbox Live cards on Xbox. And yeah, what they call it? Stacking? Yeah. yeah they like, they, yeah, Xbox like basically says, yeah, go for it. And Sony, like, apparently, as soon as five people did it, they put a stop to it. Like, no, no, no. And I got a letter in the mail any from. Pennies. I got an unsolicited letter from Sony for the first time in forever in the mail that was a credit card offer for me to be able to get PlayStation goods. And I was like, why do I want a Sony PlayStation credit card? I mean, the perk was okay. You get bonus points. And when you sign up for the card, you get a $75 credit mm -hmm. for the store to buy a new game. So they're like, oh, get the collector's edition of Horizon Forbidden West or whatever. And I was like, that's why you got it. Because you bought a Sony Spider-Man PlayStation. I mean, I guess. But why <laughs> is that the only thing I've received for that in years and to be fair uh -huh. i did have a sony credit card when i bought my ps3 because that was the easiest way to get a blu-ray player 
back when it was still like 500 some odd mm. dollars a decade plus ago. I did open a Sony Blu-ray PlayStation player. credit card because they would finance it for a while. And I think I closed that card probably a decade ago at this point. I mean, once I was done paying that PlayStation, it was basically like, I'm done with this card. I don't want it anymore. But it was an interesting thing to get cold called on out of nowhere. Not cold yeah, called, weird to just cold get a yeah, random letter in the mail. Plus, yeah, who sends mail? Yeah, I mean, I just assumed it was trash. It was, and it kind of was. And this no, is not me saying that because it's a Sony <laughs> thing, it's trash. It's because it was trying to get me to sign up for a credit card that was trash. Oh yeah, 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 for sure. I, I'm get trying. Your I'm trying. Rates out of here. I'm trying not to indulge in console warring mentality, but bring, <laughs> bringing this up, I think there's a fair argument to be said that there are different approaches that both these companies take towards their services. I'm pleasantly surprised by how well the cloud gaming service works for Microsoft. I've used it on my PC. I've used it on my iPad at one point in time when I was, uh, when my living room was out of commission because they were trying to dry out the ceiling from the, in the dining room when I had all those water leaks, it was just too loud to play anything. I would come down here with my headphones on and I would use the cloud gaming to play my Xbox games. And it was a 98% good experience. There was a couple hiccups here and there where I just get some weird buffering issues and it didn't disconnect me, but you would see the visual quality go down until it was able to catch back up, Mm. but it worked just fine. What I think gets interesting about wanting to put this on smart TVs or put it on a smart stick is I'm pretty sure on the PC and things it's capped at 720p. I wonder if they're going to be removing that cap when you get this for, say, a Samsung smart TV or you buy a dongle to plug into your 4K screen so that you're getting more than 720p. And then how problematic is that then for maintaining quality or integrity? I don't know the right term here to use when someone's playing. I know like Google does it with their service. Their, uh, wow, I forgot the name of the service. Stadia service, which I tried for a little while. Oh, yeah, because if you're streaming, like, yeah, I mean, if you're having trouble, like you're saying, there's slight buffering issues at 720p sometimes. If you try to stream a game on a 4K TV and it's trying to push out 4K graphics, I mean, unless you've got a T1 line going into your house, I don't think your Wi-Fi is going to handle that shit. And to be fair, that was the exception to the norm. It was not a very common occurrence, but it did happen a few times. Never enough that it was a game-breaking moment for me or made it so I couldn't play. It was more of just, oh, oh, that's weird. And then it would ramp right back up. So I've had positive experiences with it. And they've also got it baked into the Xbox now so that if you want to try a game, say that's on Game Pass and it's streaming, instead of downloading it, you can launch a cloud version of it on your Xbox, which is kind of cool. Nice. Like that's how I did the Halo 4 beta, the Halo or the, the most recent Halo beta. Instead of downloading the game, I just played the cloud version of it on my Xbox. And fake Halo fan. I didn't have any problems. Well, I, I don't know that, that makes me a fake Halo fan. It meant I hey, didn't he have... watched the show. He's a Halo fan. Did you watch all the show? I've only watched the first three episodes so far. I'm behind. How many are out? Six or seven? Oh, fake Halo fan. You don't even know how many are that's out. Fair. I'm just kidding. But in all fairness, I'm pretty sure the Halo show has got nothing to do with the ser- the games, so... Yes and no. <laughs> yeah, it pulls the Judge dread. Yeah, I'm back on that. I don't give a shit. Fucking don't show his goddamn face. They're <laughs> fake fans. They're 100% fake fans. You pay I for that the, actor, yeah. you don't show his face. That's how it works. Carl Urban didn't need to show his goddamn face, now did he? Only Carl Urban is that cool. Only Carl Urban is that cool. Well, I mean, that actually be able to pull that off. But that's all Judge Dredd did show was his chin, so you can't really blame it for that. This is how it was designed. 
I'm not complaining, mind you. I, I mean, they re-up. Yeah, no, you're perfectly okay with that because you're not an actual fake fan. I was just making a joke, but they are fake fans. I have spoken. Before we transition off this topic for the streaming thing, I would love to see, and I don't think it'll ever happen, the uh, Xbox cloud streaming app come to Nintendo Switch. That would be fantastic. It that would will, be funny. And they actually have an FAQ for the uh, Steam Deck that's out there now, which is basically, think of it as... Uh, Steam built their own Switch that plays PC games, but it's much beefier. There are actually directions yes. for Switch how... Switch on steroids. It's right there. All you do is go for it. Switch on steroids. Okay. But regardless, Microsoft did actually write up notes of here's how you access xCloud game streaming on the Steam Deck with directions of how to download the Microsoft Edge browser on the Linux version of the OS that comes out because the Steam nice. Deck comes with a Linux version of Steam... Oh, excuse me. comes with Steam OS, which is derived from Linux on it. And you don't necessarily have to load Windows to be able to do xCloud gaming now, which I thought was kind of cool. So there's a bunch of devices that are now opening it up to mobile gaming for Xbox without them, you know, having to build mobile gaming hardware. I did just see a video earlier today with their comparing the, uh, what is it called again? The Steam Deck? Yeah, the Steam Deck with the Switch with The Witcher 3. That's yeah, it was... Oh, no, the video is clear. It was Jesus. That, that was very underpowered on the Switch. Oh, yeah. The, mm-hmm. I'm sure it was. That makes sense. I, I wonder, how do I put this the right way? It's still quite playable on the Switch. Like, my wife has played on the oh, Switch. Oh, yeah. And they fine-tuned it so that they balanced out visual quality with maintaining responsiveness and stuff like that. So, for a game yeah. that that's, that's that horsepower needy in some cases, it does really well on the Switch. Yeah, I'm just look. I just looked at it for just the visual clarity of the pictures. That's all yeah. I was meaning. That that the how it played just that. So I mean, I'm, I mean, I haven't played it myself, but I hear it plays perfectly fine on the Switch. My wife has played it on the Switch and the Xbox multiple times each, and it's been mostly the same experience. It's just the load times were longer on the Switch. Doesn't surprise oh, me. Which might damper on the gameplay myself. That's me though. Well, once you're in the world, though, I don't know how much I don't. I haven't played through the game a ton myself, but you're in the world. Well, he's not wrong. That that that's which it. world am I talking to? Because there's a multiverse. Six one six. Fuck you. Let's <laughs> <laughs> go. That's your goddamn name on Xbox and PlayStation. Is it on PlayStation as well? No, someone stole it from me before I could get it on PlayStation. They should friend them. Yeah, he's but Spidey Boy play. Under Ruse on PSN. That's right. Is it really? No. No. I honestly don't remember what my oh, yeah. PSN Why would you name say is. say that out loud? Because it was hilarious. To call Bach the spider. And whatever your name is, I can't even remember what your PlayStation name is. Bach2099. Don't say it out loud. Why? Why? So is I'll it... get a hundred friend requests that I'll refuse? Listen, I have I like shit. four. I wish th- uh, that's something I want to complain about on the PlayStation. Uh, how hard it is to delete friends on there. It is fucking impossible. They make it so impossible because what I like to do is I scroll down to everyone who's not online and I see, like, who have I not seen online in a while? Who doesn't even play anymore? And then you press the options button and you go to delete and it deletes them one name. And then you just assume that you can just keep scrolling down to continue to do that. No, because as soon as you delete that one name, you start back all the way at the top. Yeah. Four, almost 500 friends on there that I want to try because it's hard to get rid of people. 
Does it work the same way on either the phone app or the website if you try and manage friends that way? That might be your workaround to have an easier way to do it. I didn't think about that. But the <laughs> point still may, remains. You're 100% you should right. Do it. You should be able to do it on the fucking PlayStation. I agree with you. I don't sure. disagree. I was just trying to find you a workaround that would make it less painful. That's Why all. can't you not select multiple? Yeah, Even you if you do don't it. have that, don't restart me back at the very fucking top so I have to scroll mm -hmm. all the way down. And it, it, you have to wait for it to load in the fucking names, too. Because you can select multiple God. when you're doing messages. You can select multiple when you're deleting mm -hmm. games. Mm -hmm. It's in already every there. other menu, you have the option to select multiples except that one. Yeah, I, I'm not a fanboy. I'll complain if I will complain in a heartbeat what the shit they don't do right. And the you one that surprised so me is you every that. other time you load into Fortnite, it tries to auto add all your PlayStation Network friends. That is goddamn annoying. What was that, nope. Krista? What'd you say? Auto add nothing. I don't remember. You said something about you'll complain all the time. I I don't know. I can't remember. Oh no, I'll, I'll complain about shit they do wrong or whatever. You know what I meant yeah. if I said it wrong. I don't even remember what if I said it wrong or right. You're probably right. I probably said it wrong because I know I'm probably wrong most of the no, time. No, I think I was trying to make a gag about you'll just complain all the time and without i don't i can't remember what i was trying to do this was this was two minutes ago my attention span is not that long. squirrel shiny what no. i almost sprayed water out of my mouth doing that yeah Ugh. spit in take COVID times we don't do that in COVID time that joke is passed it wasn't on purpose it's because i was drinking from my <laughs> straw and i turned my head and the straw almost came flying out of my mouth <laughs> that would have been hilarious yeah I wasn't trying for a gag. It just happened because things happen. My life is a gag. That's true. I mean, full of hobbits. I'm glad that joke didn't go where I didn't see. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Yeah, uh-huh. Yeah, I didn't even think of that until afterwards. Uh-huh. But go ahead. That wraps up my news story with some brief asides associated with Let's toss things over to Mr. Anthony Bachman. What you got for us, sir? Well, we got the good with the bad, right? What should we want first, the good or the bad? Uh, what about the ugly? Let's get the oh, bad out of the way first, because there's also some good parts we can talk about with it. True. Well, there's no there's no ugly this week. It's the good and the bad, but even the bad, like Chris said, is pretty good. Um, sadly, we lost another legend this week. Um, after Neil Adams just passed, I think, what was it, two weeks ago? And now uh, George Perez, a uh, renowned comics artist, has uh, passed away at the age of 67. Uh, from an article on Slash Film, following his retirement in 2019 due to failing eyesight and other health issues, the iconic artist and writer known for such titles as New Teen Titans, Infinity Gauntlets, and Crisis on Intimate Earths. Bam, bam, bam. That's, that's how you hit three fucking Grand Slam home runs right there. Uh, revealed in December 2021, he was diagnosed with inoperable stage 3 pancreatic cancer, and he opted out of any sort of radiation therapy or chemotherapy because of a low chance of success in his case. Uh, instead, Perez spent his final months surrounded by the love of his friends and family, receiving much deserved flowers for his incredible work and just absolutely loving comics and comics fans, including a re-release of what was the book they put out, Chris? Oh, it was JLA it was, uh, Avengers, which I actually JLA got my copy of finally yesterday because I just hadn't been to the store in a while and it was in my pull box. Nice. Which, which was, yeah, the hero initiative. Yeah, which was interesting timing is right after George passed. That's when I went and got my book. I was like, damn it, I'm an asshole. <laughs> I should have gotten it and enjoyed uh, it before he passed. But I mean, yeah, it, yeah, he's probably still happy. You're, you know, everybody's enjoying it because, yeah, it is one of the biggest works he ever did. Uh, for those that don't know, George Perez created basically, if you like the Titans now, any version of the Titans, 
you thank George Perez and uh, was it Larry Wolfman? Marv I can't remember Wolfman's Wolfman. first. Marv Wolfman. Yeah, so Marv Wolfman and George Perez were the ones that relaunched the Titans in, I want to say, the early 80s and gave us, or maybe it was 1980. Oh, yeah, here it is. For starters, he and Marv Wolfman redefined the Teen Titans in 1980. Duo kept established members Robin, Wonder Girl, Kid Flash, rebranded Beast Boy as Changeling, created new members Cyborg, Raven, and Starfire to round out the roster. Eventually, they'd be responsible for Dick Grayson's transformation from Robin into Nightwing. One of my favorite things in comics and one of my favorite characters ever. They were responsible when Robin like took off the you know the booty shorts and put on some goddamn pants. Uh, let's see, character storylines found in Wolfman's run with service foundations for fan favorite cartoons: Teen Titans, Teen Titans Go, Young Justice. Uh, before the jump to live action, characters also appear in Titans, Doom Patrol, and in Cyborg's case, was also star in Justice League. Let's see. Not only are present Wolfman credited with the creation of these heroes, they also brought some of the biggest villains to life. One of the most notable has to be Deathstroke, who, yeah, throughout all the Titans incarnations, we always got a Deathstroke. He's uh, gone on to appear in a number of universe, DC Universe adaptations, such as the flagship Arrowverse Arrow and the Zack Snyder Justice League, uh, played by Manu Bennett and Joe Manganiello. Uh, arguably, yeah, here it is. One of the greatest contributions to DC lore by Wolfman and Perez was DC's 50th anniversary crossover event, Crisis on Infinite Earths. The 12-issue limited series completely restructured the DC Universe from a multiverse to a single unified continuity. These were the guys that worked on... There's a multiverse world of dc everything so if you can think of it that planet exists and they destroyed all of it and brought it down to one planet this is literally like this is the book that has superman holding dead supergirl on the cover one of the most iconic covers of all time this this is the book that has the flash saving the universe by running on the cosmic treadmill and like literally burning himself out into a skeleton in a suit and like yeah george Perez just crushing on all this stuff and that's just the DC shit. Like, this guy was amazing. We just got, like I said, basically 23 movies off of the Infinity Gauntlet. You go from Iron Man to the end of Avengers Endgame. A big goddamn chunk of that is because of George Perez's work on the Infinity Gauntlet. And friggin', like, that book led to so much. Uh, also, this was really cool. They brought it up in the Slash Film article. While his work at DC would be enough to cement his illustrious career, George Frizz also prospered at Marvel Comics as well. Early in his time at the House of Ideas, he co-created the publisher's first Puerto Rican superhero, White Tiger, alongside Bill Mantlo for David H- Deadly Hands of Kung Fu, Bill Mantlo, who created uh, Rocket. The White Tiger mantle would be passed on from hero to hero throughout the years. Most recently, Ava Ayala, who has taken up the mask and appeared in the Ultimate Spider-Man animated series. So she was on that kick-ass cartoon that I just finished watching that I loved was the newest version of White Tiger. Uh, let's see. In addition to working on other titles featuring heroes like the Inhumans, Fantastic Four, Avengers, Perez is also credited with creating the villainous Taskmaster with David Michelini, uh, Deadly Assassin with the ability to mimic any fighting style, which they just had in uh, Black Widow. Uh, yeah. However, when it comes to the MCU, MC, uh, Perez's biggest contribution was his work on Infinity Gauntlet with Jim Starlin. He provided the artwork for the six-issue series along with Ron Lim to tell the story that depicts Thanos' nihilistic quest to attain all the Infinity Stones. And, of course, this serves as the underlying story for the first three phases of the MCU, which culminated in Infinity War and Avengers Endgame. And then the the like one of the biggest mass over cro- cross comics ever, published from 2003 to 2004, JLA slash Avengers. They, you know, 
toyed with the idea for a while, a JLA versus Avengers book. You had the Justice League versus the Avengers. How big would it be? Like, what giant epic story could you have? But who could draw it? And if you know anything about comics, nobody draws a group shot. Nobody draws a, a poster with 500 characters on it the way goddamn George Perez does. This guy's ability to lay out pages with multiple characters is unparalleled. And they all look distinct and unique. Even characters yes. that may look similar when you'd see them like on a television screen or something like that. Like the way he lays them out and draws out the costume and, and the detail he puts into it, they all look distinct and different. There's no looking at a character on one of this on like this giant spread and be like, is that this character or that character? No, you're gonna know. Yeah. There's yeah, there is there's a huge there's a I want to say there's an Avengers poster that he did that a lot of people love where I think it I'm not positive, but I think it might be the top five hundred names on the Avengers roster. That sounds about right. Plus he's yeah, done like I think, all of those massive like cover art yeah. covers that have like the entire Avengers roster. Like when they did the reboot for the Avengers in ninety eight or ninety nine, Busick and Perez, yeah. like the first cover was like almost every Avenger that had ever been an Avenger, it seemed like, and it was incredible. Yeah, I mean, yeah, the guy, he was a gifted artist. I mean, and you'll you know you'll, you'll see the stuff on Twitter and online. Like, there's nobody's had a bad word to say about George Perez. He was one of the sweetest guys ever. Was you know great, like giving kids you know you know reviews of their portfolios when they'd meet him at cons. Everybody seemed to love the guy, and just yeah, I mean, you know, it's sad that he went, but you can't beat going at home surrounded by your family and friends after a reissue of a book that you worked your ass off on you know, gets brought up for people, you know, to try to help you with your medical bills and stuff. But like, I, this is a guy that went surrounded by the love of his family and his colleagues and knowing that like people loved the work that he did and that he left a resounding stamp on the world that will last a long damn time. Well, did you see the statement that was put out by the family via his Facebook page said that his uh, funeral services will be at Megacon in Orlando. So they want to make it so that the fans go. can go and celebrate George's life and remember George. And that was, that was the, both the heartbreaking and nicest thing you saw as, as he was getting sicker and sicker, there was someone that was running his Facebook page for him and was posting updates yeah. and things like that. And every time you saw comments, like you can't go through most things anymore without seeing troll comments. I never saw troll comments posted on any of these George Perez updates. It was all, we love you, George. Thank you, George. And things like that from all of the fans that were posting things. And yeah. Most of the trolls are at least decent enough to stay away. Yeah. Like I didn't see any on Neil Adams. I haven't seen any on George Perez's thing. It's like, yeah, when someone's announcing a death, like, like keep your troll shit to yourself. And I, I, I don't know, maybe this is me just kind of romanticizing it a little bit. But I think George would have been kind of okay with his death being announced on free comic book day when everyone is going out and celebrating comic books, comic book characters, and kind of living in that world that's, I don't know if this is the best way to put it, kind of like a mini con event at all of your local comic shops. And George, yeah. by all accounts, loved the convention circuit and getting to talk to the fans and things like that. I've only it met the man very once, fitting. just in passing. Yeah, it seems but. fitting. And then, yeah, having a funeral at Megacon, so you know what we're going to get is a photo of whatever they have set up with as many cosplaying superheroes around it as humanly possible to get the biggest group shot possible. Cause what would be better for George Perez than a shot with a thousand superheroes in it? Right. Like, I mean, it, you know, they're going to have to do that. But yeah. So, you know, an another, another towering Titan in comics has gone 
And once again, it's another thing where like the hero initiative was working to try to get money for the guy because these creators don't have health insurance. These guys that, you know, like George Perez worked on the infinity gauntlet from Iron Man one to Avengers Endgame, Marvel just, you know, Disney just made, I don't know how many billions of dollars off of work that was based on his artwork and some and other people's story. And he probably contributed to the story too, because most comic book artists do. George didn't see any of that money. All of these guys were work for hires in the, you know, 50s, 60s, 70s, 80s. They didn't, they don't own anything they did. And they're freelance artists. So when they walk away from a company like Marvel or DC, Marvel and DC gives them nothing. You have like the Simon and Schuster or a Siegel and Schuster deal where their family gets something a little bit. You know, have the Kane and uh, Bill Finger deal where their family gets something for Batman. But like those deals are few and far between. Uh, it's the reason the Hero Initiative exists. Uh, it used to be called Actor, a commitment to our roots, which was a great acronym, but very confusing because it was to help out comic book artists and it was called Actor. So it weirded people out. So they changed it to the Hero Initiative. It's a fantastic uh, charity uh, organization. So yeah, if they, you know, if you got a couple of shekels to throw their way, they they help guys like Bill Matlow, who I think is still in the hospital from a brain injury. The guy that uh, created Rocket Raccoon. They were, you know, trying to help George Perez. They they do whatever they can, you know, to help like pay medical bills for aging comic book writers and artists who created all these amazing characters and stories that we grew up with. That these companies are over here making fucking billions of dollars on, and they give nothing back to the original creators, which fucking sucks. I think the worst one they were, there was, someone was talking about it on the podcast, and they said the worst one was uh, was the guy that wrote the Winter Soldier. Um, and Brubaker? Brubaker. Brubaker wasn't even invited to the film premiere. That movie is like 80% pulled directly from the story he wrote where he brought Bucky back to life. He got a check for $5,000 and didn't even get a ticket to the movie premiere. And if I remember correctly, he lives in the city the movie premiered. Like, it's fucking ridiculous how there isn't a person at Marvel and DC whose only job it is to try to make sure, you know, just a chunk of change is being said. 0.1% of like the Infinity Gauntlet movies going to George Perez would have been an amazing thing for his family. And it wouldn't have hurt fucking Disney's bottom line. Like the fact that like that needs, that's the type of shit that needs to be in contracts going forward. It's like, oh yeah, I'm fine. I'm freelance. But if you make a movie out of this, I want 1% of the proceeds. Like something like, it's just ridiculous that these guys got nothing for the things they created because of the way the contracts were written. And some of the shit was scandalous back in the day. Marvel had it stamped on the back of their checks. If you sign this check, you relinquish all rights to all work you have done for Marvel comics. They used to have a, basically a contract written on the back of your paycheck. So if you wanted to get paid, you didn't own anything. That's some scandalous shit. Yeah, you're not wrong. Yeah, so, I mean, the, the world's out there, you know, reliving, reading some old George Perez stories, you know, go watch some Titans, you know, the the guy had a love for comics and uh, doing giant group things, you know, huge you know, stuff like JLA Avengers crossovers, like stuff like that. He did it in ways that nobody else could. I, yeah, Infinity Gauntlet, there are shots in those things where they're attacking Thanos with like the whole Marvel Universe roster, and it's like, you know, a hundred superheroes all attacking Thanos at once goddamn fantastic artwork the guy did killer stuff through his whole career and he left behind a giant footmark so it 
know, it's sad to see him go, but damn, he left an impression on the world that will be felt for a long time. You know, as as long as there's a Beast Boy and a Cyborg out there, people are going to remember Marv Wolfman and George Perez. And I don't know if those characters are ever going away. Like, they've become staples of the DC universe. Or hell, Starfire and Raven. Like, Jesus. Like, yeah, the characters they created were going were gonna to outlast all of us. Yep. Willie, any thoughts? Uh, you guys know way more about this than I do. <laughs> fair enough, fair enough. I wasn't, I was never really that much into comics. If, oh, if dude, I get... still have my original, like, floppy copies of Infinity Gauntlet. I was buying it when it was coming out. I have the original six-issue miniseries in my comic boxes. Like, it's crazy to go back and look at those books and be like, yeah, this made, like, the MCU. Like, the whole MCU basically came out of those six issues. Like, it's fucking insane. Yeah, if you get a chance, just so you can sort of understand what we're talking about, you may have seen some of it. Just take a look on, like, the Google and do, like, George Perez Avengers or George Perez JLA Avengers, stuff like that to get an idea of some of, like, the large team shots he did and just how good they look. He was an incredibly talented man. And the only thing that surpassed his talent, I think, was his kindness based off the way people described him as he was one of the nicest people out there. Yeah, if you Google his name, and actually I put in the word group just to add to the photo search. And yeah, it's just group shot after group shot after group shot. Like, oh, wait, here it is. Oh, this is the DC Universe one he did. Yeah, I think he I think he did. Oh, it was the Avengers 30th anniversary poster. That's the one he did. And it's got it's got to be 200 characters on it. So, yeah, they did these extremely large, oversized posters for a while in the 90s. And I think he did one for all of the Justice League and one for all of the Avengers. And I think one that may have just been like a combination of both. But, yeah, they were huge, huge character posters that have hundreds of characters on them. And they, like Chris was talking about, they're all unique and specific and detailed. And there's no, like, you know, you've seen these artists where they, like, they Photoshop everything just looks like oh i you can tell what movie they trace that character from like i remember that scene in this film and like it's just been recolored as a con none of that shit this is straight artwork like out of this dude's amazing mind and yeah like they're they're so unique and so well done it's just amazing all right and then we also had some just straight good news uh let's see i think chris helped me with the uh, uh, pronunciation see if i can get it right here Doctor Who casts sex education star Cutie Gatwa as the 14th Doctor. Shooty is how they describe Shooty? it from the pronouncement I saw. Damn. Shooty. Close enough. S-H-O-O-T-I is the pronunciation guide for it. S-H-O-O-T-I. Shooty. Okay. So I still, did, at least I still didn't pronounce the N. So it's not N-Cutie. <laughs> so Shooty Gatwa. Yeah, so BBC has announced that Shooty Gatwa, known for his charmingly effervescent role as the Eric Effiong in... Netflix's hit series Sex Education has been cast as the 14th Doctor, taking over from the current Doctor Who star Joey Whitaker when she passes the torch in the final episode of 2022. Uh, Gotwa's Doctor Who debut will coincide with the return of Russell T. Davies as showrunner, and Davies ushered in the revival of Doctor Who as a head writer, executive producer. She was one through four with the Crystal for Eccleston, which I love. The Doctor Nine said, uh, "There aren't quite the words to de- or Gotwa said." There aren't quite the words to describe how I'm feeling. A mix of deeply honored, beyond excited, and of course a little bit scared. This role and show means so much to so many around the world, including myself. Each one of my incredibly talented predecessors has handled that unique responsibility and privilege with the utmost care. I will endeavor to do or I will endeavor my utmost to do the same. Russell T. Davies is almost as iconic as the doctor himself. 
being able to work with him is a dream come true. His writing is dynamic, exciting, incredibly intelligent, and fizzing with danger, an actor's metaphorical playground. The entire team has been so welcoming and truly give their hearts to the show. And so as much as it's daunting, I'm aware I'm joining a really supportive family. Unlike the doctor, I may only have one heart, but I'm giving it all to the show. So yeah, th- this kid sounds super excited. And I love it. Yeah, we got the female doctor last time, and now we're getting uh, 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 a doctor of African descent this time. So they're finally just like, hey, the doctor can be anybody. The doctor's not human. So the doctor can look like anybody, look like anything. So yeah, it's it's fantastic. They keep you know the show keeps growing as it keeps going along. So it'll be cool to see what they do with the show as it keeps going. According to his Ooh. Wikipedia, he was born in Rwanda in 1992, and then was educated and brought up in Scotland. So I don't okay. know much about Doctor Who, but you said Doctor is not human. What is the Doctor? Gallifreyan. Yeah, and the Doctor so an alien. Yes. Yeah, he's an alien from yeah. I think, yeah, I think Gallifrey is a planet, right? Yes, correct. So and they, they all all look human. They're humanoid, and they all take um they all take a moniker. So like the doctor is the doctor. That's their title, their designation. Where yeah, there's another one called the master. There's uh, multiple different ones, but yeah. So they the, they're Gallifreyan aliens that appear human but have two hearts, and whenever they have some type of too much damage done to their body they regenerate and grow a new body and so one of the upsides of the show is from a casting point of view it's genius because if your actor ages out your doctor dies and regenerates and becomes another actor it's one of the smartest things in sci-fi writing ever created because it's written into the show that you're going to replace your actor and keep telling your story and it's each version of the doctor is slightly different so every time they regenerate, they're not, they come back as like 98% the same person. So they have different quirks. They wear different clothes. They behave slightly different, but it's still the doctor. Fair. Yeah. I'm not a huge doctor who fan. My wife watched a ton of it. She didn't, she hasn't cared for it a ton since Capaldi left. And even at the end of Capaldi's run, I think she was wearing on it. So I'm curious when she gets home today, I was going to ask her what she thought about this casting. I will say I've watched the first two episodes, I think of sex education at one point in time. Everyone says that, uh, that he's fantastic in this show. And I remember him being in the show, but I don't really think I retained much of the first two episodes I watched. Cause I kind of just trailed off. I'll probably have to go and give it a chance again, but evidently he was, uh, he earned a BAFTA Scotland award for best actor in television for sex education. and was nominated, for three different BAFTA television award nominations and best male nice. comedy performance, all for sex education and BAFTAs are pretty much like our Emmy awards, but they're yeah. based in England or based in the United Kingdom. And, and definitely you know, the star on the rise type actor uh, also set to appear in the upcoming Barbie movie. That's right. And he so, is, yeah, I so think they said the third, the what the third Scotsman to portray the doctor. Oh yeah, so he'd be the third Scotsman. Yeah, they're doing. Uh, there's a Ryan Gosling, Margot Robbie, Barbie, and Ken movie coming out, and apparently oh. Gott was going to be. He's going to be in that too. Yeah. Live action, I'm assuming. Yeah, yeah, a live action Ken and Barbie movie. I don't know why. I mean, I don't know. This why. seems like really good casting based off of how people are reacting based off his previous work. And then I went and looked. Yeah. The dude was born in '92. He's 29, so he's a younger guy going to play the doctor, which is where they arguably had the most of their successes 
of late has been younger people portraying the doctor. Matt Smith was, I imagine, probably pretty close to that age, if not younger, when he was cast to play the doctor. And yeah. a lot of people love mean, Matt Smith's run. David Tennant looked that young when he started. David Tennant still looks pretty damn young. That's true. Uh, it's, it's I, I still like Nine. I loved Ecclestein. I mean, I but, loved the leather-suited post-war doctor. Like he was my favorite. <laughs> I get this is an interesting news story, but I I can count on one hand the number of Doctor Who episodes I've watched. So I'm not exactly the the best person to go to when it comes to oh my god, let's react to this Doctor Who casting. I can think it's pretty cool because by all accounts Chris. the guy's really talented. Yeah, and I'm sure Chris. there are certain elements out there that are melting down over it. Which and that's the f best those people. Part. Yep. I cannot count on one hand how many Doctor Who episodes I've I've watched because zero is not a finger. Yeah. But in saying so, <laughs> fake fan. Come on, Willie. Do it with me. But uh, I want to go back. <laughs> I, I'm sorry. A Barbie movie. Mm-hmm. Was this yes. going to be? Was this? Was this body dysmorphia? The movie? What the hell? Probably. Could be. Wait, that's weird. So I guess I'm the Doctor Who fan on this cast because I've seen all of Ecclestein, all of Dave Tennant, and half of Matt Smith. Once Naki left the show, you by default became the Doctor yeah. Who expert because uh, Willie and I, I have. I need seen to go finish much. Matt Smith and watch all of uh, Capaldi and uh, Jodie Whittaker then because yeah, I need to get caught up. I think I'm like eight seasons behind. But I did <laughs> see the Fright Night remake. I forget which one that one was that Matt. It was Smith? just called Fright Night. That no, was David Tennant David that played, T- yeah, basically Chris Angel as a Interesting. magician in Vegas. It was a good movie, though. It was a he good remake. brought in as a vampire it's hunter. not bad. Yeah. With David Z- Tennant playing Chris Angel is a hilarious thing to see. And, like, and it's it worth Penguin watching that movie just for that. And, and Penguin was in it. Stepping back a sec, because I missed the comment in the chat room, the Gallifreyans are the Time Lords, Willie. Yeah. V was clarifying that for us. They're called well, Time I mean, Lords. Yeah, but they're also humans. Humanoids. They're just humans. They're just they're humans, like in Star Wars. They're just humans, which I get when it started. They couldn't do aliens, and it wouldn't be cost effective to do it now aliens. either. But you I'm not do saying like they're that. aliens. No, actually, I am saying they're aliens. <laughs> yeah, the the evolution of that guy's hair. He knows what made him famous. Yep, homeworld gallery type time lord. Yeah, so. Yeah, they're designated as an ancient race of extraterrestrial people in the British science fiction television series Doctor Who, the Time Lord, because it's bigger on the inside. That's what they tell me. Oh wow! So real quick, just because this <laughs> popped up in my oh uh, wow <laughs> in my timeline, it was posted 21 minutes ago. Multiverse of Madness earns 185 million domestic box opening weekend so far. It is worldwide total of 450 million dollars for Multiverse yeah. of Madness right now. Multiverse, yeah. yeah, multiverse of madness. It might crack, yeah, half a mil or half a billion. It's opening weekend. That's insane. I mean, it's not Spider-Man numbers, but it is goddamn impressive for a Sam Raimi sequel to a Doctor Strange movie. That came out six years ago. That's six years ago for Doctor Strange. It's been a while, was, yeah. I think so. Damn. It was 2016, wasn't it? For that, so yeah, six years ago. Sounds right. I did math. Yeah. Good job, Willie. Math, boo. Better than what you can do. Rude. I don't know, man. Do, do, do you think I know what jokes I do? That was mean, Willie. Willie, did you have anything you want to talk about news-wise? Yeah. Ooh. So, uh, I mean, in happy news, the, a trailer came out earlier this week for the Weird Al movie. 
starring oh, Harry yeah. Potter. Oh, I forgot that was out. I haven't watched it yet. The trailer? Is, yeah, the, the trailer. The movie's the trailer. not out yet. It is so creepily good. It is well, so creepy. Well, why? Good. Because of how fucking jacked Harry Potter is? I'm sorry, well, Daniel Radcliffe. I know it's Daniel Radcliffe. I just, it's Harry Potter, that, though, man. You can't not say it. No, that it's not that. It's that I'm not talking about the scenes where he's jacked. I'm talking about you see him in like the Hawaiian shirt with the mustache and the wig and the glasses. Like I could tell people that's Weird Al and they wouldn't know it was Daniel Radcliffe in some of those shots. It does not look like Daniel Radcliffe. He looks exactly like Weird Al. And I love the title of the movie too. It's called Weird, the Al Yankovic story. It's a fucking great title. That's cool. Yeah, and saying all this great stuff, there's some weirdness to it. It's going to premiere on the Roku channel. Yeah. So oh. if you don't have a oh. Roku, you can't watch it. Which good for me. I have four. I have none because <laughs> I don't care. I got a smart TV. What do I need a Roku for? That's not a Roku TV either. So I, I'm just shit out of luck, I guess. Yep. You're shit out of luck. It'll come to other It'll places. Here somewhere sure. else eventually. I hope so. Or you oh, can just shit. buy I a just, Roku stick for 20 bucks. I just checked the cast and got an amazing, amazing no. discovery. Rain Wilson is in this movie. And guess who he's playing? Wait, wait. Dr. Demento? Dr. fucking Demento! I mean, yeah! I have no idea. Who else would be in a fucking Weird Al movie? <laughs> That's awesome! Fucking Rain Wilson is Dr. Demento. I can't... If I wasn't already excited to see this, I'd be I'd be ready to see it just for that. That's oh, this is gonna great. be some good shit. Rain Wilson and Daniel Radcliffe is Weird Al and Doctor Demento. That is gonna be some fun conversation on. What the hell else has Rain Wilson done in the last couple of years? Uh, he's been doing doesn't doesn't he have one of the podcasts that's about the Office? He's been going and giving uh, he might doing have. trivia with um Billy Eilish. Fair enough. I need to, I'm going to watch that trailer after we are done with the show today. I forgot all about it. Yeah. It's, it's very all, short. Yeah, and it's more of like a teaser. Yeah. I'm okay. Yeah, it's only a minute long, but it is it is a creepily good likeness. And yeah, it is very strange that he's also he got jacked. Like Daniel well, Radcliffe. Maybe he jacked. Looks like the he wrong did like word. six months of the Marvel method. So he's not quite Chris Hemsworth. But he doesn't look like fucking Harry Potter, I'll tell you that much. He looks uh, 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 slim fit. He's got abs. Well, yeah, I mean, yeah, he didn't yeah, put on 60 fit. pounds of muscle. Yeah, well, yeah, yeah, yeah. You should also keep in mind, they also hid just how well and in shape Radcliffe was near the end of Harry Potter. Because when he was doing that, I believe he was also doing a London stage show where he was fully nude on stage oh, so he had to be yeah. in pretty good shape to do that <laughs> you don't want to go out there with a little bit of love handles and stuff like that probably so i know bachman has at least i'm assuming he has but chris did you ever see uh ash versus evil dead i have it and i just haven't gotten to watching it yet i got you there's a character in it uh i'm assuming you've seen it right bachman of course uh so pablo were you not surprised when he had his shirt off and he was secretly jacked? Yeah, I mean, they, they like to do that in movies sometimes, yeah. yeah he, you never notice a thing. He didn't even have his shirt off to like, what, the second or third season? He was, like, just secretly just, whoa! Yeah. Like, what the fuck? Like, where'd that come from? Well, I mean, after what they did with Kamel Nanjani in uh, Silicon oh. Valley, like, I just... Oh, yeah. I, 
I, well, I just secretly assume all nerds are jacked because it's hilarious to think well, of that. Think about. I don't it that think way. it was in the script or anything that he was supposed to be jacked. I think it's just what he is. I, I find that's my favorite character too, Pablo. The fucking hair on that guy is fucking awesome. Oh, inside yeah, it's oh. a good actor. Congrats to Kumail for now being in Star Wars too. Yep, not that's being it. in Star Wars. For I tweeted, now being in Star Wars. Yeah, he's in the new Obi Wan trailer. Uh, Kamel looks like he might be one of the Jedi it. that dies in Order Sixty Six. Yeah, so yeah, I tweeted at him like, as soon as you become a Disney princess, you'll hit the trifecta. You got two out of three. He can be like Hemsworth. What's the other one? Uh, oh, a Marvel character, Marvel, a Star Wars character. And then a Disney princess. Oh, as soon as yeah. he is. A, okay, yeah. okay. 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 Yeah. Like the cavalry. She's got all three. She's the only trifecta so far. She was oh. Mulan. She was Fennec Shan. And she was the cavalry. You really count Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. as being part of that? Though? That's a Marvel character. I know. But which really is Agents yeah. of S.H.I.E.L.D. I love Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. But you know how they treat Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. I guess That's a... not her fault. I know. I know. I'm not blaming her for it. I'm blaming... Marvel for it, <laughs> or Disney for it, or what? You know, who I'm blaming yeah. for. Hey, she, but she stood next. She stood shoulder to shoulder with Coulson for five seasons. I count it. It's still canon at this point in time. It has not been I guess discredited. She was next to uh, what's her name? Uh, the character, the Civ. Yeah, she was next to Civ. So yeah, I'll count it. Sif. Sif. Yeah, Sif. You know, you you you, you put your flower in the ship. Mm-hmm. The, the ship. The ship. The ship. Palpatine. Chef, chef. Yeah, I don't know what you're doing there, but uh, I kind of like it. That's fair. <laughs> All right. That's fair. So go check out the Weird Al trailer if you haven't. But on and that note, get a Roku. Yeah, get a Roku, just like Willie yeah, said. Get a Roku. They're like no, twenty not. bucks on Amazon. Get a Roku. I got Roku. four of them. Fuck out of here! I'm not gonna do that. I'm pirate it. Okay, you know how I feel about pirated movies. I hate it. But if that's if that's what they want to do, then don't make it available to me. I'm gonna pirate it. Or you could what just wait. Like probably a month until it's on other services. Or I'm just gonna pirate True. it. I've I've been into some pirates lately. Like Netflix, they're fucking up, and they're fucking up bad, and uh, people are gonna start pirating. All right. Well, that wraps up the news segment. We're now into our final segment of the show, a bit called "What I'm Into." It's where we share with you guys the geeky and nerdy things we've been getting into because you may want to go check them out yourselves. And I'll start things off. Mine's been pretty simple. Doctor Strange went and saw that on Friday. Saw the Moon Knight finale on Wednesday. And then I just watched yesterday, because I was behind, the premiere for Star Trek Strange New Worlds on Paramount+. And I like it a lot. The visuals are really cool. And it is, for those that are unaware, it's a prequel to the original series with Captain Christopher Pike as the captain of the Enterprise still. And it's pretty much going to be an adventure of the week kind of thing, like we got an older Star Trek story. So I'm really interested in that. I'm someone who hadn't seen Star Trek Discovery. I know Pike was in Star Trek Discovery, that things happened to him in Star Trek Discovery. And they did a good job in this first episode of kind of filling in that gap. Like, okay, here's what happened out of Discovery that's important to Captain Pike that's going to help shape this story a little bit. And if you don't watch any more Discovery, you'll be fine. So So how many times do they make out with green alien women? None yet. You yet, baby. I mean, let's be honest. If... uh, they did also introduce a Lieutenant Kirk, but it was not James T. Kirk, nor his father, George. It was George Kirk's brother, I believe, is who they introduced. So they, they swerved the whole time. Although oh, they, my God. They, it's Are you kind, serious? Yeah. Well, they've already said that uh, Lieutenant James Kirk will be showing up at some point 
in the show this, this is... season. They've already cast the guy. They have Cadet Uhura on the bridge of the Enterprise right now. So they've cast Uhura, who's on the Enterprise. Spock is nice. already there. So it's kind of cool to see some of these connections to what will come later. And the Enterprise looks freaking gorgeous. This the is ship model space they, balls. The ship model yeah. they did for Enterprise was awesome in this. Yeah, My brother, uh, husband, sister, Rob, not cousins. Like, what are we going for? Wow. I saw that trailer for it. The 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 promo shots of the ship and like the worlds are going to like all of that artwork was amazing. Like that shit looked really good. Ensign Mount is awesome as Christopher Pike. He's both funny, oh, but also I know that name. Yes, he was Black Bolt in the Immortals TV show. Well, and Hell on Wheels. And Hell on Wheels. Immortals? Is that what the show was called? Not Immortals. Um, Inhumans. 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 I was gonna say that didn't sound right. I was yeah. like, wait. Yeah, yeah. He was very good in that. Or there's, I mean, there was a lot of good actors in Inhumans. Just the script and the story was shite. But he's really, really good as Christopher Pike. I've really enjoyed the role there. And Rebecca Romaine is there as number one, his first officer, who he just keeps minus the Stamos. To one. Minus the Stamos. That is correct. I really enjoyed it. And this is going to be a week to week Thursday release on Paramount plus. So go ahead and watch that. I need to get caught up on star Trek Picard. I started getting burned out because it felt like they were just spinning their wheels. So I think I've got the last three episodes to watch still. Mm. I didn't go and avoid the spoilers for what happened. So I'm kind of going, okay, I guessed right. Some of the stuff that was going to happen, but I want to see for myself how they end some things. And I'm, cautiously optimistic for season three of Picard, if only because they've already said, Hey, we're bringing back all these original cast members, which is kind of cool. So maybe we'll find out what happened to all of them. Oh yeah. Cause they're rebacking everybody from TNG except Wesley Crusher, right? Do we want to get into a correctly? spoiler? Does anyone care if I talk about a spoiler for star Trek Picard? Oh no, so. a spoiler. So but I watched star the first Trek. season. Okay. So while Wesley me. Crusher was not announced for season three, He's in the season two finale as a traveler because he is a traveler that helps get them all back to the present day. You spoiled the whole so show. That's for one me. of the I reveals. Can't watch it anymore. That's one of the reveals is that Wesley Crusher has fully embraced his traveler abilities and helps bring them back to the future. So would you Wait, say he's both a traveler of time and space? Well, yes. We went with two different things and I enjoy <laughs> it. I went with a Wait. classic rock title, but uh, you just Was, yeah. Was a traveler something Wesley ended up at the end of TNG? Yes. When he he dropped out of uh, Starfleet Academy to go off with the traveler. I I literally don't remember. There was that that. episode. (laughs) There's an episode in like season six, I want to say, of TNG, where they have that peace deal that's announced to the Cardassians. So they're relocating a lot of people out of Cardassian space, one of which is a colony of Native American people that have relocated to a colony in space that are being forced out. And Wesley is there in some capacity and at the end of that episode leaves to go with the traveler to basically learn how to do what the travelers do because he had a gift to be able to do some of that stuff. And that's the end of Wesley until now. Hmm. It's right. season six or five. I can't remember. But I may have to rewatch TNG at some point. <laughs> I think it's still on Netflix in addition to Paramount Plus, of course. Nice. Well, I mean, I was like 12 years old when Wesley showed up on that show. So like it was... It was a really good show for me because, like, I had the parallel with the teenage kid because I think I'm almost the exact same age as Will Wheaton, or I'm like a year or two off. Like, I'm yeah. really close to his age. So I had this. There were a bunch of people that were getting all upset about the fact that Will Wheaton wasn't going to be showing up in season three of Picard once they announced all of this other stuff. Meanwhile, 
Will Wheaton's been hosting their after show for Star Trek Picard each week where he kind of detailed his own headcanon of what he thinks had happened to Wesley and never opened his mouth to even hint at the fact that, oh yeah, I'm in season two. Nice. <laughs> so nice. they worked the fans pretty well in that regard. That's pretty awesome. Yeah. Wait, was his talk thing, was that uh, 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 connected? Was it a... I think they called it the ready or, room or something like was that. It, it's basically like Talking Dead, but for Picard. Was it produced by the same people yeah. of the show? Yeah. Oh, okay, okay. That's what I was wondering. It's in the same vein as those Talking Dead things we had after Walking Dead, where Hardwick would host a bunch of people that would talk about the episode that was just on. And AMC was... Yeah, this is Will Wheaton would do something similar. He was the host and he would talk to some of the people that were on the previous episode to talk about things behind the scenes and get impressions and stuff like that. I've only watched one episode of those of the ready room because I've gotten to the point now where I just want to watch the episode. And maybe it's because I podcasted about TV shows directly for so long. I'm just kind of burned out on hearing people talk about what they just watched. I, I don't care for it a ton like i don't mind like a passing conversation but a, a 50 minute block where we're going to dissect everything that happened i i get post-traumatic stress or something from podcasting about tv shows and i'm making a joke there which mm. is probably in poor taste i apologize but i actually like the one for uh the boys after show because that one's hilarious so i think there there is a bunch of interesting stuff you can learn about behind the scenes and character motivations and how actors get in the mindsets of them. But I can't watch a 50 minute show about a 50 minute show. I just watched. It just doesn't click for me anymore. And part of that is because I podcasted about arrow for eight years and it was, I did that each week. And I was like, you know, I enjoy talking about the show, but I'm not really sure that I'm the best person to dissect that. Uh, but in, you did it the, anyway in the chat room we have a random rick review that says bunch of can you believe what happened uh yeah i just watched it <laughs> yeah as it was oh yeah so it's prime rewind for inside the boys i liked it because it's aisha tyler and it's they're allowed to be as like vulgar on that sh- post show as they are in the boys okay and so when you have like anthony star come so. on and like you just saw homelander do something insane and he's like, I can't believe they let me do that on camera. <laughs> <laughs> like, it's just hilarious because, well, weirdly, seeing that guy act normal is one of the strangest things about that show. Because when you see Anthony Starr as a normal human and he's not Homelander, it's really creepy. Kind of like when you see one of your favorite actors of your show and it turns out, hey, they're British and they have the accent. Huh, that's something. Yeah, when you see someone like Hugh Laurie talk in his real voice or uh, Andrew Lincoln. House House blew my mind. Andrew Lincoln I knew about because of Love Actually, but House blew my mind. Hugh Laurie made my brain explode. I mean, to a lesser extent. That guy's got like the best American accent ever. To a lesser extent, when you hear Tom Holland use his regular voice, not his Peter Parker voice, you're like, oh yeah, you're British. Yeah. I like it's funny because in the the outtakes of all those movies, like he slips into it every once in a while. Yeah. And he'll throw the wrong word in. And it's like, wait, no. Yeah. Peter's Peter's from Queens. Like <laughs> you can't say that. He's that not, way. he's not very British. Uh, what else I've been getting into? Uh, I've been working on some house projects around the house and stuff like that. So I haven't been getting to do much cool, fun, nerdy stuff, anything like that. So I'm boring. I apologize. Sorry. Bachman. How about you? What you been getting into? Uh, quit my job. I've been getting into that. Really enjoying it. It was kind of fun. 
I put in my two week notice and finished my last week of work at UPS this week because next week I'm on vacation from UPS. So they'll notice from my last week of my two week notice that I ain't there. <laughs> uh, and then, yeah, next Monday I start my Alaska Airlines job. So or I start training for my Alaska Airlines job. So I started making myself flashcards to learn all the city airport codes for every place that Alaska flies because, you know, big chunk of the job is that. And they sent that to me in a PDF to start getting ready. So Next week, I got to uh, start getting up early again, re- reset my uh, internal clock on my sleep schedule. No more uh, sleeping until 10 o'clock, 10.30, 11 o'clock every day, which I will miss that. But yeah, uh, other than that, yeah, we decided uh, to take a nice lazy day yesterday. So Friday in the morning before work, when uh, uh, took Janet to go see the Multiverse of Madness, um, got to joke all week at work that I got rid of my girlfriend because uh, I did because I popped the question and she said yes. So now I have a fiance. So now I'm a fiance and I got a fiance and it's just a fun word You're to say French. Yep. Partially just a little bit, just one word's worth. I mean, it has the accent and everything. Yeah. Fiance. I mean the accent over the letter uh-huh. was the joke, not the accent of like, <laughs> yeah. So yeah. Uh, give her, her, uh, her R2 D2 themed star Wars rings, which she really likes. Cause, uh, she, her favorite thing from the star Wars movies is droids. And so I found a ring that is, it's actually three separate rings with diamonds, uh, sapphires, which are her birthstone. And it actually has a garnet in it, which is my birthstone. And it just happens to be perfect because it, when you line the three rings up, it looks like the color coding on the front of an R2, uh, R2-D2 astromech. So yeah, it's kind of a cool ring. Uh, I have a Mandalorian ring coming for myself. And so, yeah, we got a little, little, little over a year. We're going to get hitched. So, yeah, it was a pretty exciting week. So, yeah, got engaged, quit my job, big doings. And then, yeah, went and saw Doctor Strange. So that's now the sixth movie we've seen in a row on the new streak. We've seen every Marvel movie on opening day since uh, Song-Chi. And then, uh, yeah, yesterday we decided to take a lazy day. So we watched Stephen King's The Outsider on HBO Max, all 10 episodes. So we watched 10 hours of television yesterday. <laughs> Other than that, we basically, I think we played all a total, maybe six or seven matches of Dead by Daylight, and I fired up the grill, and she had marinated a bunch of uh, chicken breasts in a awesome, uh, I don't even know what the hell type of marinade it was. It was like Italian dressing, a bunch of other stuff. And man, eight minutes on each side on that new Weber grill, they were fucking fantastic. Little charcoaly bits on the outside, nice and juicy, but no pink on the inside. Actually cooked through. All of us ate the chicken last night. None of us got sick. I call that a win because it was the first time cooking chicken on the new grill. And, you know, chicken's always iffy. Not trying to give anybody any salmonella poisoning. Uh, but, yeah, I think other than that, yeah, finished Moon Knight. We watched all of the Outsider. Loved it. Um, I'm four seasons into The Sopranos. And one of the guys at work was talking about, you know, all the all the good shows in television. So as I've been working through that one, there you mentioned Band of Brothers. I'm like, fuck, I never watched that. That was one I always wanted to watch. And like it's got like the greatest cast of all time. Like the Band of Brothers show is amazing who was in that show. I was like, I'll give that one a shot, you know, the other day. I was like, I'm in the mood. I was like, I think I'd watch a war show. I'll be okay. Cause like you gotta be in the mood to sit down and watch some World War II fucking graphic violence, muddy killing shit. And I ended up uh, this week going through like the first four episodes of it i think there's like eight or nine of them all told so i'm almost halfway through that so yeah i'll probably finish banner brothers before i get back into the sopranos and yeah just looking forward to uh probably gonna go see uh everything everywhere all at once at some point this week 
And then, uh, yeah, take care of some stuff around the house, reset my internal clock, and get ready for my new job on Monday. Well, that's exciting. Yeah. You have to get up early, though, which sucks. Trust me. Yeah. yeah. But, I mean, you know, the, the old Navy clock's in here somewhere. I just got to find it again and turn it back on. Because, yeah, I mean, for six years, I was up every day at basically 5 a.m. So I know I can do it. I've done it before. I just, I won't, I know I won't enjoy it. Yeah. But, I don't know after class what my schedule is going to be. So I was like, well, it's better to just get ready for it in case my new, because my new work schedule might start at six o'clock in the morning. I don't know. I'll be coming down here and sitting at my desk, which will be awesome because no driving, no having to put on pants, you know, all the good things about working from home. But yeah, I have no idea. I, I think the recruiter was telling me that the possible start times are anywhere from 5 a.m. to 4 p.m. So like my start time could be anywhere during the day. And I won't know until like the end of class, you pick your new schedule, like depending on uh, like your age, like the ages of people in class, which, hey, I'm 44 and my birthday is early in the year. So I got a good shot of picking, being able to pick first, hopefully at the end of class. So as long as I do well and get to pick a good schedule, maybe my schedule might be might not be awful, but we'll see. Either way, I'll be working from home. I, I'm not going to be allowed to complain, I think, for at least the first six months. <laughs> no more throwing boxes. No more. Write it down. No more folks. killing my R30 cans. Like, yeah, my back already feels better. <laughs> like, just knowing, like, I gotta go take all my work clothes, wash them one last time to get all the dirt and oil from that warehouse off of them, and then reorganize my closet because I don't need a drawer filled with, you know, pants and shirts specifically meant to be worn in a filthy warehouse anymore. So all that stuff's getting put away. So now it's gonna be, it's gonna be new, you know, Funko Pop T-shirt day every day in the house. I have like 200 t-shirts so I have basically like a year's worth of clothes I'd never have to wear the same t-shirt twice <laughs> you have multiple Funko Pop shirts I have all of the Star Wars Smuggler's Bounty and almost all of the Marvel Collector Core boxes the majority of those came with shirts every month or I think they were every other month and they were all Funko Pop yeah, the they're shirts. all Funko Pop because they came with a Funko Pop, an article of clothing, and then a collector's item. So I have like a little Wampa plushie. I have like a C-3PO hat. At somewhere I had some Funko Pop socks. But the majority of what came in those boxes was a shirt with one or two Funko Pops. When they were doing those as collector's kits from, they did, they had Marvel, DC, and Star Wars all going at one time. And now they've all been canceled. But yeah, I have every one of the Star Wars ones. Yeah, they did the Star Wars Smuggler's Bounty. Some of those shirts are really cool, too, because you couldn't go buy them anywhere else. You sure. had to get them in the in the Smuggler's Bounty if you wanted them. I only have one shirt with Funko Pops on it, and I don't think I've ever worn it myself. And it was from that, what was it? It was from that Marvel box from C2E2 from way back then. It was six years ago. I'm wearing Kylo Ren and the Knights of Ren right now. All big Funko Pop heads on them. They're all dead. Spoiler. Spoiler alert. They're all dead. Well, spoiler alert. Star Wars. It was a long time ago in a galaxy far, far away. All those characters are dead. Somehow Palpatine has returned. Well, that's true. <laughs> you just can't kill shit Palpatine. You, don't, He's the you man. don't need to have an explanation. You just throw some dialogue in and it doesn't matter. You can bring anyone back. That's true. That's part of the fun of sci-fi. 
Well, they cloned a lot of people, all right? I'm sure they can do that. So, well, no, they cloned a lot of Shiv Palpatine. Somehow, Anakin <laughs> Skywalker has returned. We don't have to explain it. We'll just throw that out there. Sorry. I'll get off my high horse. Yeah. Uh, Willie, why don't you finish things up for us? What you been getting into, sir? Me? You. Well, I remembered that I went to go see Doctor Strange on Thursday instead of Friday. That was nice to remember. And I also spent a lot of time last week driving. A lot of time driving straight through. It was about, I think it took 20 hours to get there because there was one big wreck that was, uh, that slowed us down for a good, good 40 minutes, probably uh, like full stoppage for 40 minutes on the highway. Uh, yeah, that was not fun. 20 hours. That's a long drive time. Long drive. Time. Yeah. The week before when I was driving just to the mountains, <sighs> traffic was slowed extremely down. And I was so pissed off when I saw why it was slowed down. Well, I mean, pissed off, not pissed off because there was a wreck, pissed off because it was on the other side of the goddamn highway that <laughs> shouldn't have slowed this le- any this side at all. The word you're looking for is looky loo. Rubberneckers. Bunch of looky loo. Oh, whoa, whoa, Chris. You can't be saying that on air, man. <laughs> yes, you can. Yeah, you can. You got, look a little bit to your uh, to your right. Left. I'm not. No, other, there you go. I'm not. You see, here's something I've also done. I've installed uh, a mannequin, th- two mannequin heads. One mannequin head right here so I know to look at Bachman right there. And one mannequin head down here to know why I'm looking at you, Chris. Yeah. I see. And I, I figured it out a long time ago. Willie's on my left because he's never right. No, I just look over here. I know you're over there because mm-hmm. you can go. Yeah. So you're saying I shouldn't mix up the boxes at some point in time just to mess with you guys. <laughs> that would be fucked up. <laughs> I mean, if you, oh, no, I got to do this and this. I, I'd be confused for a month. Oh, no, Chris. Oh, wait. No. Yeah, you're right. all the way over there. Instead of looking here, I got to look over there. See, I can figure it out. I got this. Now I'm looking at that thing. <laughs> okay, this one's broken. <laughs> yeah, it is broken. <laughs> that one's broken. We're going to take I Willie off the <laughs> All right, forehead of security. <laughs> I should have done this. Hey, don't make me stand up. Because unlike you, what you're going to be doing with no pants, I'm not wearing pants right now. Willie, I assume you live your life with no pants. Apparently, Friday was International Pantless Day, or No Pants Day. I hope you celebrated accordingly. Uh, I didn't find out till Saturday, and I was... Uh, that doesn't I mean you didn't celebrate accordingly. celebrated. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> because I didn't have to go see Doctor Strange Friday. I didn't have to, I chose to. But the people in the grocery store didn't really seem like they liked that idea. I'm not gonna. Never mind. Don't don't ask. Don't the joke engage. is, I went. Don't engage. Don't engage. The joke is, I went into the grocery store with no pants on. Uh, I, I, I have underwear on, box of briefs, and hey, those box of briefs made my front game strong. <laughs> ah, my front bump. Sorry, front so, bump game. Strong. So did the sock he shoved in his box of briefs too. <laughs> and the shoe. No, that's why I wore those box of briefs because it makes my front bump game strong. Because the socks built into him. No. No. <laughs> No, 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 because the way the ho- hug the ball no, the socks pushes stop. the junk. No. The sock is just stuck to it. <laughs> there is no sock. I don't need a sock. <laughs> I'm not I'm no porn actor here, but I mean, I hear no uh, complaints. Uh, look what you started, Chris. Look what you did. Look what you did. Chris, don't you look have a what fuck you about did. talking about Willie's dick? 
Don't worry. I just mentioned it. You don't have to push. You don't have to look for it. <laughs> but, but yeah, uh, uh, I will have some. Uh, here's a spoiler for next week's probably news of the week from me. A little review of a game coming out that one guy I play with online is calling it a Dead by Daylight killer, and I don't think it's. I don't think it's going to be a Dead by Daylight killer at all. Mm. But I think I still think it's going to be fun. Bachman, you want to have a guess of what game's coming out next week? That's an asymmetrical horror game? The Ash versus Evil Dead game? I'll give it to you. It's Evil Dead the game, but yeah. Okay. Well, it's, not, it's not just Ash versus Evil Dead. It's all of Evil Dead. Even, even you know, I, I'm going to use the original title, even Medieval Dead. Medieval Dead? Yeah, which, you know, is where they changed it to Army of Darkness. They they really lived, died, repeated it. Yeah. You hate yeah, that Medieval Dead would have been a so much, much better title. Yeah, yeah. Edge of Tomorrow and go suck a dick. Yeah, live die repeat is a much better fucking. If title. it hates sucking a dick, if it likes sucking a dick, then go suck a titty. I don't know. What if it likes all of those things though? And tell it to go suck a taint. Nobody likes that. Then I hope it's involuntarily <laughs> celibate for the rest of its life. Then. <laughs> wow. Ouch. That's right. And I don't wish anyone to be a an incel, but those are the worst people on the planet, probably. Well, actually, I take that back. Not the worst people, but they're on they're on the list. They're on a numbered list of worst oh, people. They made Jericho's that. list. Jericho, <laughs> really know. Jericho's on that list for me. The All lexicon right? of Les Champion. Chris Jericho, Y two J is on that list of worst people in the world. It's low down, low down, but he's still on that list. Just like uh, for the same reason that uh, what's her name's on that list too. Uh, Black Panther's sister, that actress, Letitia right? Yeah, she's on that list, too. She can be gone out of that whole series, and I'd be happy. Or replace her. Just replace her. Oh, she's fair. a terrible person, all right? That's all it is. What else should we get into, Willie? Uh, yeah, like I said, driving. Oh, the drive back. I did shave off an hour coming back. How fast so It was only 19 go? hours. I mean, we did stop for gas, of course. I mean, how are we else would we get back without driving? We stopped for gas. And stopping for food for a good hour. Uh... Yeah, say what now? I didn't say anything. Well, you said something right before that. I, said, I asked how, how fast you went before that. Mm-hmm. Oh, a little, you know, a little over the speed limit because why not? Best fuck boy. Hey, hey, I haven't had a speeding ticket in over a decade. Can you I guys had one in yes. 22 years? I haven't had one ever. Well, I got mine in 2000, so it's easy to remember. The last yeah. speeding ticket I got was in 2000 in Seattle, so. <laughs> Fuck Seattle. Well, for you. Fuck Seattle cops. <laughs> I was being passed on both the Fair left enough. and the right, and I got a ticket for speeding. Yeah, fuck them. <laughs> yeah, well, let me guess. Where were you? Did your uh, license plate have it out of state? Was it your state? No, it was at the time I uh, was driving a Cadillac Coupe DeVille. Oh. And they probably assumed it was an old lady doing 80 miles an hour down the freeway. And so the cop pulled me over, and at that point, he's like, ah, fuck it, I'm just going to give him a ticket. Yeah, it was the last time I got a ticket. I even had my green get-out-of-jail-free military ID at the time, and still got a ticket, motherfucker. Yeah, fuck them. But Since I also, put veteran plates on my car here, not a ticket. Not a one. For all the hundreds of people listening right now and in the future, I want to state the tens this. And tens of our listeners. If you're getting passed from someone on your right, get the fuck over, all right? No one need, wants to pass you on the right. Hey, if I was not in the, the left lane. lane. Not, I know not you. Not <laughs> you. Doctor. I'm not talking yeah. to you. But if people are going to the right of you and passing you, you need to get the 
fuck over. I mean, I know I'm doing the right on me. I know it's backwards on the screen, but you get what I'm saying. Like, Jesus Christ, people. Like, move over if you're going slow. Use the left lane if you're passing people only. That's all you need to use it for. If you're not passing one, get over. It's that simple. It's all it's supposed to be for, yet people don't seem to know how to fucking use it. And truckers, don't you dare blink at me to get away when it's safe for me to get over. I know how you work. I was one of you. I get over when I know I'm safe. They I'm can't sure tell that when they look at the shitbox you're driving now. They can't tell you used to be a trucker. Yeah, no, actually, that's, oh, oh, well, I would call it a shitbox, but I mean, that's... It's, it's a shit it's wagon. Like, shit wagon. It's a Chevy Traverse, and it's pretty nice. It's got heated and cooled seats in it, and that cool, cool, yeah. When you want your taint chilled, ooh, <laughs> baby. And also heated steering wheel, which uh, is actually pretty nice in the cold. It is. I have one too. It's delightful. Yeah, and, and the heat, just the temperature it gets to. The way I described it, someone, someone uh, complimented me on the way I described it. Is uh, you, you know, when you're sleeping with someone, I mean, actually sleeping, and they like get out of bed to go use the restroom or something in the middle of the night, and then you know, you you roll over a little bit, you put your arm over there, and you feel that heat. It's that amount of heat, that nice, gentle warmth. That's the that's that's the temperature that the steering wheel gets. Nice. nice. Uh, actually, yeah, I think my R30 cans would like that. I need to find some of the, the heated steering wheel. And uh, yesterday I did a belated birthday and an early Mother's Day thing from both my parents. Uh, but I went over there and I cooked probably the best dish I ever cook, uh, which is like a Verde Angelata thing that takes a while to actually cook. Uh, but it is always, it comes out so nice. Use most of that bottle of wine too to, for the chicken. But didn't even taste the wine in it. So that's what makes it. It just adds to that. The sickness and the sweetness to the meat. And then, uh, yeah, it's so good. If you're curious about the recipe, too bad it's mine. Oh, shit. And it is damn good. Uh, other than that, what else I do? I, oh, yeah. Uh, Tuesday uh, until Wednesday, I slept for probably about 20 hours. Nice. Nice. Because, yeah, I was driving for those 19 hours straight. We left around noonish on uh, Monday to leave from Oklahoma to drive to get back to North Carolina. And, uh, oh, oh, God. Yeah, I didn't. I did. I personally didn't get home till 7 a.m. So from noon to 7 a.m. the next day. So, yeah, I was. Uh, yeah, for a good while that trip, I was just trying to stay wired and. Probably making those eyes too. Probably for those listening. Oh, yeah. Well, he was doing the the I I just got some no dose and jolt at the last truck stop eyes. Uh, except I didn't have any of that. I had to pretend I did, and it worked. You got the part was the eyebrows and the going back and forth. The seesaw, the seesaw eyes. Because you just yeah yeah you gotta try and blink without blinking. So you do one eye and then the other eye. You'll get it one day, kid. <laughs> but uh. Other than that, uh, I've been playing some Dead by Daylight. More, more actually than I have been in the past couple months. Uh, yeah, it's, I mean, it's still fun. I'll probably still be playing Dead by Daylight. I'm not going to lie. This Evil Dead game looks good. I don't know about the gameplay from what I've seen of it, even though I do love Bruce Campbell. I, I'm going to get it, and I'm going to play it. 
I hope it's going to be better than what I see of it so far. Yeah. Jana's already planning on getting it, so I'm pretty sure we're both going to buy it. So we'll be there to play it with you. Oh, you're going to get it on P- uh, PlayStation? PlayStation, yeah. All right. That, uh, she doesn't have a gaming PC, does she? Only you do? No, only I do, yeah. Okay. Well, I mean, I'm sure she can, she's allowed to use it, I'm assuming. Well, yeah, of course. <laughs> Yeah, no, we yeah. only have one like good PC that's a non-work computer in the house. Uh, and God, I should have went and saw it, but I have not yet. So I've got to make a plan for it next week to go see the unbearable weight of massive talent. I'm Man, surprised. I was surprised you weren't there day one on that one, right? Yeah, yeah. As our resident well, Nick Cage day one, I couldn't owner. walk. Man, you should have scooted. You should have got a wheelchair. Should have been in a rascal in line. Do you think I got a rascal? No, no, no. I, and and I, I'm still, I'm still not walking 100. percent uh, You know, Willie's wa- walking wonky. Yeah, I know. I came up with that a while back. And I was been holding on to it, ready to play that card. But yeah, yeah. And also want to see the uh, everything, everywhere, all at once. Do I get the everything and everywhere in the right order? I believe yeah. so. I've heard it's really good. Okay. Yeah, I saw the trailer. I was like, okay, okay. Yeah, I just listened to the, the directors did a episode of uh, Postmortem with Mick Garris, the guy that directed um, Sleepwalkers and Stephen King's The Stand and It on TV the first time around. And he had them come on and talk about like making that film. I already wanted to see it. Now I want to see it even more. These guys are just, they're fucking fantastic. I can't wait to see what they do with this movie. Because I actually, I really like the, was that weird Paul Dano, Daniel Ratcliffe farting corpse movie? Oh, yeah. They did that. Army Man. Swiss Army Man. Yeah, they did that one. Like, these guys make weird films, and, and I'm here for it. And speaking of Paul Dano, uh, one last thing on uh, Doctor Strange. Uh, I was this surprised in almost the same way that, uh, like, uh, The Batman was PG-13 and R-rated. I was surprised by that. That I'm surprised some of the things they got away with in Doctor Strange, that it's PG-13 right. and not R-rated. That I will say, it's not a spoiler, except for expect mm. some R-rated stuff. But for some reason, the MPAA, you're fucking weird. You guys go fuck no, yourself. They're not weird. They are full of shit. And they do anonymous. not follow their own guidelines. And it's bullshit. They're anonymous. I mean, I, I mean, they I need mean, to be replaced right, by a yeah. functioning organization that has 100 percent transparency. The MPAA is yeah. bullshit. Yeah, they're, they're completely anonymous. You don't, no one knows who's in it except for them and I guess the people who are directly above them who actually do the reviewing and give it the rating. But no one knows who they are. I saw a whole thing on this and it's just like, how is the yeah. thing? But yeah, yeah, it's just, it's just a made up organization, too. It's not like they're, they're not some governing body that like the government put in place. It's just a bunch of people that decided we're going to say what movies are categorized as. And let's the theater to, said, okay, we'll use that. Yeah, let's go back to the mid-2000s when all those unrated DVDs came out. <laughs> like, yeah, that's so what yeah, movie. I don't want to get the rated R copy of the PG. I want to get the unrated fun version. That's the one I want. Hell the yeah. fun version. Let me see some titties, goddammit. Sorry. I am so sorry. <laughs> no, he's not. Hey, it's mid-2000. I was extremely horny as a, as a older team. 
was. Yeah, like things have changed. Oh, I, I never grew out of it, but come on, I'm trying to give myself some credit here. <laughs> Jesus Christ, you've got to call me out on this bullshit. <laughs> yes, we do. Yes, we do. do that we, is what we're here for. Well, you know what, Chris? You just call down the thunder. Let's talk about my dick some more. Uh-oh. You, you caused this, Chris. I'm looking at you. Oh, did he mute him? Bye, guys. <laughs> oh, just end the show. <laughs> that was last word. My dick. Well, we are going to shut things down, but before we do that, we are going to not talk about Willie's genitalia, but remind right. you that we do stream this show live every Sunday at 11 a.m. Eastern, 10 a.m. Central over at www.geeks.live and www.nerds.live. Both those will get you to our live stream page. And we invite you to come join in on our horse shit shenanigans, as we call it. Before we shut this thing down, though, did you guys have any final thoughts that you wanted to share with the... I'd say if you get a chance, go see everything everywhere all at once, because this is an indie movie that needs the money. And, well, let's be honest, Doctor Strange is going to make enough money on its own. That's fair. Uh, um, oh, yeah. Chris Jericho, you're the worst Canadian in the fucking world. Wow. Worst Canadian. Strong mm-hmm. words. I'll fight him. Strong I don't give words. a shit. I know you took out Goldberg. I'll take you out. I don't fucking care. Yeah, because you would win that fight. But on that note, we're getting out of here. We'll see you all next week. Thank you so much for joining us. Thanks for listening to this brand new episode of the All Things Good and Nerdy podcast. Don't forget, we'll be back next Sunday live at 11 a.m. Eastern, 10 a.m. Central, over at live.atgnpodcast.com, channel 3 of the Alpha Geek radio app, and over at our network home at gunnageek.com slash live. If you have any feedback for the show, please contact us at atgnpodcast at gunnageek.com on our hotline number at 304-806-ATGN, or even better, go to Twitter and send us a message at atgnpodcast. The music you've heard in this show is produced by Kevin McLeod and can be found at incompetech.com.